You know what's true about this world? We like to celebrate flashy things. All I have to do is look at my most liked photos on Facebook to know that exciting life events are what get the most glory. But you know what else is true? Suffering. And based on my experiences, we never talk about it. I know far too many people carrying heavy burdens daily that don't get enough credit for displaying the courage it takes to get out of bed every morning. Or not get out of bed sometimes, if you're like me. This is the place where people receive that credit. This is the place we honor choosing grit. Ready? Uh, No. Morning, everybody, or maybe not morning. Hello, whenever you're listening to this. Sorry, I've got some allergy stuff going on this morning, but I'm glad to be here. I've been feeling a little reflective lately because as of today, today, December 23rd, when I'm publishing this episode, it has officially been one year since I launched this podcast. In a lot of ways, life feels really different right now than it did a year ago, i.e. I definitely wasn't figuring out how to safely celebrate Christmas with my family in the middle of a pandemic a year ago at this time. So that's been a little sad to think about. But something that definitely hasn't changed since starting this a year ago is the hope and the passion I have for this project. As those of you know who listened to my very first mini-sode that I released a year ago, there are a few reasons I initially felt inclined to start this podcast to talk about hard things. First of all, in general, I think we humans are pretty terrible at talking about suffering. And that's still true. I haven't fixed that yet. We prefer to brush it to the side, right? Say something positive, slap on a smile. But for people like... Uh, me, who suffer chronically, or I think any honest human, really, to not think about it is really not an option. So what if instead of turning away, we turned towards it? We leaned into the hard things and together could find out we really don't have to be afraid of them. And maybe, just maybe, beautiful lessons could be gleaned from them. One year into officially striving to do this through the conversations that have happened for these episodes, I'm still convinced that this takes a lot of grit, but I'm also still convinced that it's 100% worth it. Because of this little project, I got to sit down with some of my favorite people to hear about real difficulties, the real difficulties of dating relationships, the scary leap into marriage when you don't know what you're getting yourself into, Looking physically different for many of us, dealing with heartbreak, the loss of friendship, living with one extra chromosome than many of us do, thinking you found your vocation in religious life, but then not, homelessness, hating your job, general depression and anxiety, of course, living with chronic illness, and safe to say we covered a lot of ground over the past year. And even if only showing up to talk to me about these things and agree to be recorded while doing that... (laughs) 
every one of these conversations provided real-life testimony to me of what it looks like to choose courage, resolve, and strength of character, i.e. grit, in the midst of life's challenges. I anticipated loving this, and this is exactly what I had hoped for in starting this podcast. And that, this alone, on top of other people having the opportunity to hear these stories, more than enough for me. However, as I got deeper into this project, something that I didn't necessarily intend to do, but also doesn't really surprise me, was set out to undergo a sort of social experiment on suffering. Here's what I mean. As humans in this broken world, we're going to face hard things, right? And the hard things, the challenging circumstances, the extra crosses, etc., etc., are hard in and of themselves. And we need a lot of work to face them and get through these things. But what I eventually began to see these episodes really providing evidence for, in a way that really struck me, I was so struck by the consistency of this, is that on top of the experiences themselves, there are added burdens brought on by suffering in the way that it really challenges our sense of safety and security. There are side effects, to say the least. For example, when dealing with something that makes us feel or look different, we fear we're undesirable. When we pursue a certain career or a vocation or a relationship and it doesn't work out, we wonder if we'll ever find a home. When we say yes to an imperfect relationship or an opportunity that comes our way, we fear we're missing out on something better. When we simply can't keep up, we fear we'll be forgotten about. When we're diagnosed, we fear there's nothing more to us than the label we've received. When we fail, we fear we have no potential to do good. There are a few ways we normally respond to these fears. One, chasing after the busy schedule or money or another relationship or Instagram likes that we think will prove that we're okay. Or, and or, we put a wall up. So we really can't be seen, right? And in turn, we become distant from ourselves and one another. A third option could also be turning to substance abuse or another form of addiction, all of which take a major toll on our mental health. And in turn, on top of whatever hard circumstance we're dealt with in the first place, we're also pretty depressed and burnt out and disconnected. Essentially what PTSD is in extreme cases. In one way or another, at times more subtly, I began to see these fears and patterns come to light over and over again while having these conversations. And what I think is really at the heart is a fear that because of whatever challenge we're facing, we're now unlovable and will no longer, maybe never, have purpose. That there's no way our circumstances could bear good fruit and finding any sort of healing or recovery while in the midst of them just is impossible. Just to be clear, the only reason I'm able to recognize any of these things is because of the ways I've experienced them myself and the ways they've come to light within my own story. I've talked a few times in the past, uh, in my first episode, if you listen to that again, about how the first couple of years I experienced really intense physical suffering 
I experienced major isolation along with that while feeling like a crummy version of myself. And today, I'm still constantly returning to those core lessons that I learned during that season. In the past few weeks, for example, I found myself addressing different fears as I failed to hear back from some very part-time jobs I've interviewed for that I was genuinely excited about, but also had to be honest about my incapacities for. And at about the same time, while starting to experiment with more cardio than I've done in years, I've also been made very aware recently of my inability to advance as much as I would like to. I'm feeling kind of stuck in terms of how far I can go without majorly messing up my body. Also, I think the holidays in general can have a way of making hard things seem harder. So definitely resonate with that feeling and that challenge to your sense of security. All that being said, as we're about to enter into this Christmas holiday, I can't resist going on from here without talking about Jesus. Because seriously, people, let's just look at what we're about to celebrate this week. Jesus is a king that chose to manifest God's power, the power of God's grace, by coming to earth as an infant, born to a simple woman in the middle of a literal mess, a manger. And then he grew up to be crucified. He basically left heaven to come to this earth to suffer. He could have easily chosen to enter this world as a huge scary thing on a horse or something, telling us how to fix our lives or threatening us to follow him or else, but he didn't do that. Instead, he chose to start with revealing his salvation by proclaiming that he's one of us and he feels what we feel with us. When people hear about the reality of chronic migraine in my life, I'm often asked what hope looks like to me. Fair question. And I have a lot of different ways of answering that question, depending on who I'm talking to. But at the heart of it, really, is being in relationship with Jesus and other people. First, Jesus, though, always works out better that way. And in my experience, I think I'm a pretty good testament to this. That is a relationship that doesn't always offer us a fix, which is honestly kind of annoying sometimes. But instead, it's one that's constantly striving to show us over and over again that we are loved. And if we really enter in, enter in and just feel the grief, the loss, the disappointment, the whole weight of whatever challenge we're facing, every single difficulty can become a catalyst to grow in knowledge of that love and deeper dependence like this child that came into the world not armored up or trying to prove himself or even being able to speak a word, but in humble vulnerability, in a state of literal total dependence on another to stay alive, to be cared for. This is what hope looks like to me, having faith in the power of our frail humanity while clinging to a God that doesn't distantly tell us how we need to change, but offers his presence. That's presence with a C, not T, (laughs) just to clarify. It heals the side effects. So I don't have answers. I don't have answers for why terrible things happen to us and within this world or exact reasons why every single guest I've had on here has had to go through 
the difficulties we've talked about. But I do know that in entering into those difficulties while waiting in hope for healing, for transformation, for beauty, we have a promise that that will come to fruition, probably in a way we don't anticipate it or think it should, but definitely in a way that has us growing deeper in relationship, which is kind of what we're made for anyways, right? So a year into doing this thing, I'm not famous, definitely not a graphic designer and still doing mediocre podcast art and logo making. Don't post on social media multiple times a week and have a zillion followers. Like all the lists about how to become a successful podcaster tell you you need. Because the few times I've tried, it's been really exhausting. And I'm definitely not making an income through this podcast. However, it has really rekindled and deepened a lot of my relationship. And there's so much joy in that. Even if I have to edit this well passed out in my pillow in severe pain. And that's enough. Thanks, everybody. On that note, I'm, I am going to be spending some time in the next couple of weeks really discerning the wisest way for me to move forward with this podcast. I definitely plan to continue it, but in terms of how often, what type of material to get out there most frequently, there's still a lot that I'm figuring out. So I would so appreciate it if those of you that tune in regularly, any of you that would be sad if this if I didn't continue investing in this, could let me know what it is you want to hear more of from this podcast, what exactly you've enjoyed most and found found most moving, found, found yourself most blessed by, whether it be minisodes or the interviews or both, would be so helpful in terms of my discernment going forward. Unfortunately, I, I do only have so much energy and I have to make sure that I'm stewarding my time wisely. So send me an email at carrie at ichoosegrit.com. If you really want to go the extra mile in ensuring that I continue the continue this, you can check out my Patreon, which provides opportunity for you to pledge to give a financial contribution. And I, I can tell you if more of that happens, that would 100% ensure that I keep doing this consistently. So if you want to do that, you can go to patreon.com slash ichoosegrit. I think that's it. <laughs> As always, you can check me out on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, under I Choose Grit, at my blog, ichoosegrit.com, if you want to know more about my story and what this space is about. And have a Merry Christmas and take care of yourself. I love you. Peace. <laughs>